Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week's episode of Barbecue Tech, let's talk about the challenges of smoking 18 racks of ribs, which many of us don't have a smoker large enough to do, but fortunately, we do have a clown on this show that actually does. I'm your host, Rod Simmons, joined by my partner in crime and co-host, Chris Ashley. What's up? Now, Chris, just before we get into this, I think we should take a moment because we've been very blessed that Mason Dixon Barbecue Services has allowed us to review not one, but we're reviewing the second smoker and it would be kind of bad on our part not to get the first review out before. So yeah. um, the first unit reviewed was the old country cabinet style smoker. Um, yeah. Which retails at about 1549 on the Mason Dixon website. We'll make sure we include a link to the smoker, but we had, I think like four or f- four or five cooks that we did on the smoker. Definitely some mishaps with the with the, with the controller, but that yeah. we I still feel like we can evaluate the smoker. So, you ready to jump into it? Yeah, let's do this. So let's get uh, a nice little summary here. So I would personally definitely recommend this smoker to somebody who's upgrading from like a Home Depot bought or you know, Lowe's bought smoker and they're trying to get to the next level, um, but they're not trying to make that jump out the window. I, I definitely think this would be a great smoker uh, for folks to, to upgrade into um, just because overall it, it performed pr- pretty darn well and made us some really good barbecue. Um, with that said, the old country cabinet styles, gravity smoker, uh, just so folks understand, uh, you know, this is the type of smoker that I have personally, which is a gravity smoker. Um, I believe uh, Stumps actually does own the patent uh, for gravity smokers, and I own a stump smoker. Um, this what essentially happens is you have uh, it's it's still an offset smoker for all intents and purposes. The heat comes from one side of the smoker um, and goes into a cook chamber. But the difference is, is that the the, gra- the charcoal is loaded at the top of the smoker and gravity pulls the charcoal down. And there's a grate inside the chute where you fill the charcoal in where the charcoal rests. You would light the, the charcoal under the grate and then the embers from that charcoal falls to the under the grate. And under that grate is the final pan that has your uh, flavored wood, you know, your apples, your ikeries, your oak, whatever you choose to smoke with that day. And those embers then light the wood underneath and together that 
heat and that smoke and that flavor is pulled into the chamber where your food is cooked. So really good idea because the main advantage to this, uh, any offset really, is you know you don't have to disturb the cook to add more fuel to the fire. But even more importantly, you don't even have to really face the fire uh, as much because you can just pour charcoal in the top and keep it going. You don't really disturb much when you do that. The only time you need to open up the fire part is when you need to add more wood. So overall, this thing is set up really, really well. Uh, to get the job done. Um, this particular one we uh, tested uh, was on the bigger side. So um, you really have about a thousand eighty two square inches of cooking surface, which is ba- equates to four uh, levels of uh, four different racks to, to smoke on. Um, it has a nice, pretty solid industrial clamp on both the uh, on all three, the uh, the charcoal chamber at the top the uh f- the firebox uh portion at the bottom right and the um and the actual door itself uh ha- has a this nice little uh industrial clamp to keep that thing uh as tight as possible and it's oh. the same the the closing mechanism is the same closing mechanism you have on your yeah. your stumps right correct correct so just one correction i think there's only three cooking levels in the smoker unless unless oh. i Unless I'm mistaken, I thought there was only three cooking levels from what I remembered. I thought there were four, but okay. Um, oh, I have a, I'll have a picture of it. I'll take a look at it. Um, but yeah, so and all the trays actually slide out, so that makes loading food significantly easier. Especially, you know, if you're doing something like chicken and you're smoking at a, you know, a higher temp. You know, plenty of times. I'm rushing and I won't pull the trays all the way out and I'll definitely, you know, get a little burned. So, you know, it reminds me, Hey, the trays pull out. So on this thing, I'm glad to see that you can pull out the trays as well or the grates and then, um, load your food in or out. So So for me, the downside of pulling out the trays in this particular one was that you really had to swing the door wide. Like I felt that they could have given a little bit more berth for that Mm -hmm. door Mm -hmm. Because if you don't open the door super wide, like actually pushing the hinge back from the like if you opened it just to a ninety degree angle, you try to pull right. it out, the 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 rack hits the door. You actually have to open the door a little bit long or wider, almost to one hundred and eighty degrees. Right. So the rack slides clean out without hitting the door. I, yeah, that, that was the that was the first negative thing. And you know, this thing has positive and negatives. Um, and that definitely was the first negative thing that we encountered during the smoke is that uh, they should have allowed a little bit more space because, you know, most of the times those doors are pretty heavy. And once you start cooking on them a lot, the hinges will get a little bit greasy and it may not just open up, you know, easily. Um, or So when we op- open it, sometimes you're just like, I just need to open it just a little bit and then, you know, get these racks in and out. But unfortunately, it's a little bit tight in here, the design. So when you open the door, uh, oh, like Rod said, if you don't open it, you know, slightly past 90, the rack will hit the door, um, as you're trying to pull it out. And Rod was 100% correct. It is three racks, not four, uh, on this bad boy. Um, so yeah. So the second negative we came across and it didn't seem to affect it too much. But it seems like the seals, um, some of the welds, and again, understand that this is a review unit. So 
you know, it, uh, it's not like it's a brand new unit that we're testing out of the gate. But we did notice that once we had the uh, controller ramped up pretty well, um, there was smoke coming like through some of the uh, some of the, like the welds and stuff like that. And so for me, it was like I was worried that the temperature was going to be very hard to control. But in fact, it was not. Um, and also most of the smoke that I saw coming out of where uh, where I would expect it to just go through the, the cook chamber and out the stack. But there was a, a bit of smoke coming out through the door. And that, uh, I think, is a result of the design of the door. So just as comparison, uh, my stump smoker, the door is actually outside. So think of it like a refrigerator, right? You have a seal on the outside, the refrigerator closes on top of the, the cabinet portion of it. But what they did with the old country cabinet is they recessed the door inside of the frame. And so what I think is happening here is, you know, the way the latch is designed, you can adjust the tightness of the latch. So, you know, if you felt like your door wasn't tight enough, you could screw the bolts down and make it a little bit tighter because they had they used the same gasket, the high heat gasket that my smoker uses. So I know the gasket works well. Um, but the problem is, if you recess the door, you can only tighten down that latch so far because you can't get past the frame, right? So on mine, yeah, okay. I have a lot more leeway to tighten down the, the, the bracket or the latch because it sits on the outside and it's pulling the door in. So I think that's a second little uh, design flaw that I think they could probably improve on by just moving the door outside of the cabin, outside of the frame, as opposed to inside of the frame. You know, I wonder how much, because <clears throat> with your smoker, if I remember, there's like two latches to close the door. Uh, I have three latches. Three so, latches. And this uh, has one. This has one in the middle, but I think, so I think they can get away with having one in the middle because it's a recessed door. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, mine has, you know, then stump has since stumps has since changed this where I had the two latches, which are standard. Then I added the slam latch and the slam latch just allows me to slam the door real quick and it automatically latches itself in place. Now the slam latch is standard on the smoker. Um, so then yeah, that's, I like that little feature because what happens is, um, you know, when you're, I'm wrapping a brisket, I'm not going to latch all the latches, but I don't want the door to remain open and lose all my heat. So I yeah. can take the brisket out, just, hit the door real hard it slams shut it automatically stays closed and i can go take care of the brisket so really cool feature that stumps did um but so that's why they have three latches on there instead of just one um so yeah so that was the uh the second negative that we found on this smoker and then lastly they do have a grease drain uh, at the bottom um and my smoker does too. So that's at the bottom left. So essentially, um, you know, the, the drippings on the smoker run down towards the left side. Um, it kind of, uh, has, a, a an angle It's angled down from the back, down from the front and then down right to left. And that allows all the grease to kind of drip down into the, uh, out the, uh, little chute on the, on the left hand side. And uh, we would have just liked to have seen, uh, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell. Um, it did have a pipe there that uh, that it allowed to drip into, but we couldn't tell if there was a 
permanent like so on my stumps i have like a, a drawer slide if you will where i can put a standard uh 12 by 12 pan in there um you know and just catch all the grease drippings i couldn't tell if there was one on that existed on there so it's not that big a deal you literally just take a, a aluminum foil pan slide it underneath and you're good to go all the yeah, grease or a grease bucket or yeah. a grease bucket yeah but i you know i couldn't tell if there was a permanent one and again this could just be a result of the review unit itself now let me start talking about the things that i really really liked about this smoker first off it would it was very spacious uh in there uh no problem getting uh two uh two briskets and a pork shoulder on there and it could definitely have held a lot more on this thing so you know for folks that are ramping up and trying to get a bigger smoke uh going in uh definitely not an issue on this also the second thing right out of the gate that I really liked is the chute itself was um, it holds about 20 pounds of charcoal. Now, you never want to fill these things all the way up because you don't want to create a vacuum in there where, you know, you start running into issues um, with the with the airflow. But uh, that's a pretty sizey amount of charcoal you can get in there. So that can get you definitely get you through an entire brisket uh, smoke. And I had no problem with the amount of charcoal I added in there. I added it. It would have put in a three quarters of the way up, which was yeah. what was suggested to me. And this thing went all night and into the next day without issue at all. And that's with the controller attached to it. Um, the third thing that I really liked right out of the gate is I actually like the way they did their uh, chimney, their little chute uh, for the excess because it has like a, a lip on it. So when you, you can slide it out one way. But when you slide it all the way closed, because it has like edges that comes down around the side, it really seals it up. So that will save you charcoal because that's one thing about my stumps that even though I'll close down the chambers and it does a really good job of shutting out the air. Uh, sometimes I noticed that it burned a little bit longer than I wanted it to. And I saw I lost a little extra charcoal um, because, you know, I just think that's air still seeping through uh, or out of that. Uh, top portion, even though the bottom portion, I, I could be wrong as to why that happens, but I like the anything that would allow this thing to close down because another situation where you really want to lock off the air is if you have like a grease fire going on because you want to lock out that air and get that thing to, uh, to, uh, um, to stamp out, uh, so you can get back to, uh, smoking your food. So those are the right out of the gate, just from a design decision that I really liked and the same thing on my stumps and the same things that are on this, on the old uh, country cabinet is the fact that you can swap out the wheels and put much bigger wheels. So the review unit that we had, they put bigger wheels on it. it um, uh, they're just, you know, pretty much Makes moving. Uh, it so much easier, so much easier, so much easier. Uh, Cause we, yeah, you know, I, I uh, had a trailer, um, to load it on and off. And I was worried, like, you know, the, the little hump on the end of the ramp was going to be trouble. It just rolled right over top of it. it was super easy because this thing weighs about 400 pounds. And uh, so I was, you know, the concern about moving around went away pretty easily. But I would definitely, if you get one, uh, I would definitely make sure you have a friend to help you move it, though, because, you know, it's still 400 pounds to get around. Um, so now. I think the number one thing, and I don't know why this was the case, but the number one thing that both Rod and I was impressed about was how fast it came up to temp. Yep, and held. And held. I, I don't know what what the deal is with this, because mine takes a, a little bit of time to get up to temp. 
this thing got up to temp so fast. And, you know, and I don't know, maybe it was the lighting method. So a couple episodes ago, we talked about how, um, uh, you know, Mason Dixon and Kathy over there, the manager was like, um, you know, there's two ways to light it. Obviously you can use your torch method. Um, but what we do is we take out the bottom rack. We put together a, uh, a chimney with charcoal on it. We light it. We put it in the bottom rack. Uh, we put it on the, on the bottom of the smoker and we just let that thing go. And then what happens is it, it heats up the inside. And then you just, once that chart, that chimney is ready to go, you dump it into the chute. Um, they actually suggest you do it twice. I only did it once. You do two sets of those charcoals and then you put in the, the extra charcoal over top of that. And, but even from there, I did it once, put the charcoal in over top and then I hooked up the, uh, the billows to it. And I'm telling you, probably within 10 minutes, this thing was already at like 225. It, so it, it heated up really, really well and re- really quickly. I was super, super impressed by how fast that thing came up to temp. Um, yeah. Overall, like I say, <clears throat> the, and again, I know being a review unit, I didn't want to harp on this, but because of the leaking that we saw at the weld points. Yeah. What I felt wound up happening when when we were cleaning up the smoker to take it back, I had grease drippings that were down the legs of the smoker. Yeah. Which meant, like, while the grease was going through the grease trap, mind you, 99% of it was there. Because of the grease down the legs, I'm like, if this is actually a real problem. Yeah. Or as a result. It just makes more for cleanup. Or if you're going to put it in, you need to be sort of diligent that you don't just you have a good mat that sits underneath the entirety of the smoker. So that that makes the cleanups a little easier uh, to deal with. Um, Like I say, for me, it was it held temperature very well. The, the, The concern I had was I felt while it held temperature well, when we cooked, we looked at the bottom of the rack of ribs and it felt like the right side. Yeah, the right side of the ribs, which are closer to the firebox, underneath you could see, I mean, you really just could see a coloring difference on the ribs where the ribs towards the le- just the left side of that same rack of ribs didn't get the same color as the right side. So even though there's like a diffuser plate to try yeah. to help even out the heat throughout the smoker, I felt that it still cooked a little hotter on the right side. Now, all in all, I don't think that's a deal breaker. It's just some, if you are very cognizant to the coloring that you want on your ribs and you just need to make sure that partway through the cook, you didn't just make the decision to flip rotate them. them. Yeah. Um, but it, it at least and again, in the review unit we were testing, it did feel like I didn't get it. We didn't get a good even cook. Cause we noticed that on the ribs. We also noticed. Yeah. Well, we noticed one with a wrap in it. So we went ahead and flipped them at, as we were, you know, as we wrapped them, we just turned them around. Um, so yeah, it seems like there's a little bit of a hot spot on the right hand side. And that's good to know on any smoker. Most smokers do have a, a hot spot somewhere. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you need to know that, uh, going in, uh, for me, my bottom rack, it seems to be significantly hotter than the rest of the racks. And, and it's, I mean, even though I have a diffuser plate as well, um, but it's, it, uh, it's, you know, that's where the most of the heat is coming in in the first place. So it, it does make sense that it would be a little bit hotter. So just under, but, from side to side, left to right, still relatively even, um, maybe slightly hotter on the right-hand side towards the bottom. But uh, on this one, it seemed like each rack was hotter on the right side. So it was just uh, just a little thing to note. But overall, would definitely recommend 
this smoker because like I said, in the end, it's about the quality of the food. Can you make good food on this thing? And I would say, even though I had the disaster that I recovered from with the brisket, their brisket was delicious in the end. The barbecue chicken I did on this thing, absolutely delicious. The ribs I did on this thing, I mean, the kids were like, yo, what did you do different to this thing? You know, they, they Rod's kids in super enjoyed the ribs. Um, I, my family enjoyed the ribs we did on here too. And then the pulled pork, um, again, even though I had the mishap with the controller, um, this thing did its job, man. It made really good barbecue. And I think if you, uh, if I can make good barbecue on this, even through a mistake with the controller, then, you know, anybody regular could make a, you know, could make good barbecue on this thing. Um, you know, paying attention and doing their due diligence. So the one thing I would suggest, especially with uh, pretty much with any uh, cabinet smoker like this, uh, I would suggest you do get a controller to go with it, though, um, because it's even though it's built to allow airflow um, and it's just it's really set up to have a controller with it. Uh, and, uh, the controller just makes it so much easier. Um, it has the little pipe at the, at the end with the air valve. And a lot of the controllers know that the manufacturers are using that pipe, um, at the end. I think it's like a two inch pipe. And so they're building their, uh, their blowers or they're building adapters for their blowers to fit into that pipe perfectly. So it's kind of a, a bit of a standard now, uh, on those pipes so that these con- different controllers all can support that type of pipe. <clears throat> that they're using for the uh for the uh the air valve. So all in all solid smoker. Agree 100%. I if anybody's looking to upgrade from a pellet style smoker or a green egg style smoker and they want that the beauty that you get with burning that wood and getting that beautiful smoke ring. I, I for the money, it's 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 just a it's just a great smoker. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. With that being said, now let's jump into the core of our episode here, which is... Mr. Ashley decided to get himself into a predicament doing a big gathering for a group of people and they needed 18 racks. Well, they needed 16 to be fair. They needed 16 racks, but buying ribs from Costco, they come in three packs. So I ended up getting 18. And then once you prep 16, what are you going to do? Look at the other two and be like, Sit in the refrigerator. No, you gotta prep the last two as well. 
Uh, so yeah, so I ended up prepping and cooking all 18 racks. And plus I, I said, you know what? I will smoke all 18 racks and then, you know, I can really pick the best of the best. Cause you know, sometimes you get these packages, the vacuum seal packages and some of the ribs are skinny, you know, some of them are overly too fat and, uh, they take longer to cook. And then, you know, you have every, every, all ranges and some of the bones are like literally, uh, you know, parentheses. <laughs> so it makes cutting them a, a bit of a pain as well. Uh, so, and what I, what I mean is like the bones are curved, you know, a lot of like the high quality ribs or bones are like super straight and you can just cut right through each one and you're, you're good to go. But oftentimes, you know, from, you know, Costco and stores like that, the ribs are, the bones are tend to be a bit more curved, uh, in them. So, so yeah. So, uh, I had an event, uh, that was helping out with, and uh I used my new uh barbecue and tech uh jerk rub and uh along with a nice base of uh fifty fifty S P. And that was the plan was to you know, the I had to be so there was a lot of logistics with this particular smoke that uh came into play. And uh it, so it was uh, super interesting. First off, the I had to drop the food off. I had to drop the ribs off. Uh, and the w- place I was dropping it off on a normal day would have took me about an hour and 15 minutes to get there. But the time they needed it required me to drive through traffic. W- and the traffic in the D.C. area is abysmal. And easily that meant uh, an, at, at least an extra hour of travel time. So trying to get 18 or 16 racks of ribs to an event two hours away, but still taste good, required a lot of plan. I actually and be warm on delivery and be warm on delivery because it was going straight to, um, you know, where folks were gathering and, and, and going to eat. So I, I, I sat down with Rod and I was like, okay, let's just help me think this through to make sure I'm not crazy. And the one theme that came up was like, there's no way you can time this out where it's like, you know, cooked, ready, out the door. That just doesn't happen. So overall, the, the thought process was I have to be done at least an hour earlier than when I plan to leave. So that with that theme in mind, then it became the math of working backwards. So, you know, we've told you many times on this show, the whole five, three, one, uh, idea around, uh, or was it three, two, one around smoking ribs is absolute nonsense. Um, that'll overcook your ribs every time. So I know that for the most part, ribs on my smoker, at most will take four hours can be sometimes around three and a half. And, and the other decision was, do I want to wrap all of these ribs or do I want to just cook them straight through? Now I like the way wrap ribs come out because they are, uh, you know, you get a nice pullback on the bone where the meat starts to shrink on itself. Uh, you get, so you get that nice tenderness you're looking for, but you know, for me, if you wrap your ribs, you must, take them out and put them back in to firm up the outside again. Otherwise you just wasted your time. As far as I'm concerned, you're not getting the full experience with your rib that, that you want. 
So really the logistics of putting all that together is what came to play. Um, and so I decided, you know, oh, and then finally the amount of rib, racks of ribs I could smoke on my smoker at the same time. So easily I can do 12 racks of ribs without thinking about it. But so, so I was like, I got 16 racks. Do I smoke 12 and then smoke four? Um, and then, cause I had some chicken I wanted to smoke for, for this event as well. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to do half and half. I'm going to do nine and nine. Um, that makes it simple. That way I don't have to, you know, rotate the racks because of that bottom rack being a little bit hotter than the rest of them. I could just put them on the top three racks and I know I'm going to get a really even, uh, decent smoke. And one of the things that I did pay attention to was, you know, if any of the racks were getting further along than the others, I would absolutely pull that rack out and rotate it uh, to a different section so that I just get more even cooking. But, you know, for the most part, and that has happened. I don't know. You know, sometimes you just get a different airflow or whatever. Um, but uh, on this particular smoke, it, it worked out well. So if I needed to be at this place by seven, I needed to leave my house by five. I wanted everything to be ready by four. I knew that it was going to be, I'm allotting four hours of cook time for each set of ribs. So that means the, the second set has to be on by 11, 30, 12, no later. So that means the first set went on um, right around 7, 30, 8 o'clock. So that was how I mapped it out and worked everything out. Um, so then it was make sure you have all your stuff you needed for wrapping uh right at the on my outdoor uh kitchen counter as well as uh the a, a nice solid aluminum tray so now uh, instead of using like the um the regular food service you know aluminum trays that you put in the uh thermal pans i've actually went out and bought a couple of uh aluminum trays that are you know professional grade right you would put those in the warmer and the reason why is i just got a, I got tired of wasting money with these aluminum trays when I can just use a, you know, a real tray and wash it and reuse it. So you uh, went away from the disposable ones that you get at the grocery store to an actual solid metal aluminum tray. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. It's and it's already paid dividends for me um, as far as doing a lot of food and making things more uh, making things easier. And whereas I would have had a pack of 10 trays. um, I bought actually I recently bought a pack of 10 trays easily. I would have ran through all of those by now. I still have at least six of them. You know what I mean? Because, you know, if I'm dropping off this food, I am going to use a tray for that. So um, I will put I will put a link. We will add a link to the one the trays that I ordered. And I even ordered like the half size and the full size. Um, They do work well. And what was awesome about that. Right. Imagine taking like a foil tray and then trying to put uh nine racks of ribs in it it's i mean that thing is going to be falling apart the heat from it's going to you know compromise the the aluminum um so but having that big tray it was just like pff, nothing you know what i mean stacked them all in there so and that's what i did i stacked them all in that tray i put that thing in front of me i put my foil to the left of me so i could pull it out to the right and you would think that you would just do one at a time but i didn't do that i actually pulled out all the foil you know, each wrap and I just stacked them on top of each other right out of the gate. Cause you know, I do, I wanted to get into a groove when it came to wrapping the ribs and actually, um, you know, and, and, and 
adding a little bit of extra seasoning and stuff to them. So what did I do? So essentially, once I had my nine sheets of foil already pulled, I pulled each you know rack out, and then I put my brown sugar, a little bit of butter in there, and a little bit more seasoning on top. And then remember, folks, put the meat side down into the foil because you want you're basically trying to get that to now yeah, tenderize. Yeah, basting it in those in those in those fluids that are created from the butter and the sugar, and you know you want it to you know steam up and so put that down, and then yeah. I just you know I've always it. found the amount of ju- like while cooking it the first let's say hour hour and a half two hours where you're getting that smoke ring mm-hmm. it's one thing when you wrap it mm. after you've got the color you want. And you wrap it up and you put the brown sugar, the butter, and all that stuff in there. That does have a little bit of liquid in it. Mm-hmm. But the ridiculous amount of liquid you get when you open those ribs up that have that have kind of rendered cre- down, cre- you know. rendered down is is astounding. Yeah. So, and oftentimes I'll take those juices and I'll just open up one side of the foil and I'll tilt it into a pot. Yeah. Then I'll take that upstairs and add some brown sugar to it and make a glaze out of it and put it right back on the rib. So now you got a smoky glaze that you created right from the rib juices that were created um, and cooked into that you reinforce your ribs with. I don't do yeah. it often, but I do do it from time to time. Yeah, I'll, I'll usually uh, um, uh, add it into like one of my uh, like uh, the. Where you, the separators, mm-hmm, so I get mm-hmm. a little bit of the oil out of it, get mainly the flavor into it, and I'll add it to a barbecue sauce. I'll do the same yeah. thing you're doing: is put it into the barbecue sauce, then glaze uh, yeah. the ribs over. But, yeah, but I, should, I neglected to, to mention. Yeah, the glaze generally has the barbecue sauce of choice uh, yeah. in there as well. So yeah, so so here we go. First set of ribs are on, no problems. Everything's cooking down uh, as expected. I am actually made a. Uh, uh, two trays of uh, macaroni and cheese, which was easy. I just did that in the oven. I did two trays of uh, uh, green beans. Now, the green beans were interesting. We'll probably have to maybe we'll save it for another episode, but uh, I actually ended up sous vide the uh, green beans and they came out phenomenal. And you tried it recently, Rod, or did you not get to it? Yeah, I did. I have, yeah, I did sous vide some, uh, some green beans. I've, fantastic i mean it's you just can infuse a lot of flavor in with sous vide it's crazy uh, anybody who sleeps on sous vide for like green beans potatoes or your veggies you can you can really infuse a mass amount of flavor that you you can't get in any other way yeah and real quick what i did was i took i bought a you know some big bags of green beans and i basically vacuum sealed them and each package of vacuum seal i put salt and pepper i put my you know sprinkled my salt and 50 50 salt and pepper mix Actually, no. What I did was I took the green beans, I put it in a bowl. I seasoned the green beans in the bowl with some salt and pepper, a um, little bit of uh, garlic, and a little bit of onion powder. And then I then took transferred that into the uh, the vacuum seal bag with some butter and some shallots, and then vacuum sealed that all together. And I just stuck those in the refrigerator. And when it came down uh, for cooking, and if you folks remember. Um, we had talked about using a cooler as your sous vide machine. And, uh, so I made one of those and, uh, did you use it, Rod, recently? Did you use the cooler? I did not. Okay. Cause I know you borrowed it, but you didn't use it or did you well, not? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, so for, for the, when I reheated the brisket. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I used it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have to talk about that later. Another time. Yeah. All right. So, 
Yeah, so I used the uh, cooler method, and I mean, it cooked all those green beans in one shot absolutely flawlessly, uh, 185 for one hour. And then all I did was in the end was I sauteed them and then uh, in like some a uh, little bit of uh, vegetable broth and then put them in a pan and uh, seal those up. And those were ready and they were delicious, absolutely delicious. So so we had the green beans. We had two trays of green beans to do and we had two mac and cheeses. Those were done in the oven, no big deal or on a sous vide. Um, so first rack of ribs, it was two hours in and um, I used, so I used a combination and we've talked about this before of using Siri to remind me uh, to uh, swap things around. And then uh, our very good friend, Allison, uh, from the uh, Podfeet podcast, uh, let sent me a message because she had heard one of our episodes where we were talking about setting things up. And she hit me to an app called uh, Multi-Timer. And this thing is actually pretty dope, uh, the way it works. And, and essentially, you it has tons and tons and tons of different timers you can set up but the cool thing is you can set up like a timer that is your entire process so let me explain i have a page that has four different timers on it the first timer is wrap rips which is two hours right so basically it counts down two hours it goes off and that's when it's time for me to wrap the ribs and then i have the timer set up for 45 minutes which is unwrap ribs so I can just basically sequentially just hit one. When that's done, I hit the next one. I don't have to go set up a separate timer. And then I have another one set up for another hour later, which is to, you know, unwrap the ribs or sorry, unwrap the ribs. And then that goes back on the smoker for like another 30 minutes. And then it's removed the ribs. You know what I mean? So you could set up timers for your entire process for one thing. I really like this thing. It was, uh, I, you know, I, I would like to, I got to play with it more to kind of see, uh, you know, the best ways to use it. But that's how I set it up for now um, is with creating these different timers and they have countdown timers, count up timers. You know, you can set all the durations. Really, really cool app. Um, So it's called, it called multi, it's called multi timer. OK, so, yeah. So I use that in a combination of using Siri because I did not want any mistakes. So having multiple things telling me when to do stuff was not a problem. Um, and I, it's one of the advantages of having, um, you know, a, an assistant throughout your house because I'm in the kitchen. I'm yelling out, remind me this. I'm in my basement. I'm like, remind me this. I'm on my phone outside. Remind me this. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter where I'm at. I can set a reminder and it's going to go off somewhere in the house um, that I can, you know, that I can get the benefit from. So, yeah. So definitely lean on your technology uh, when it comes to staying on top of your game. And uh, making sure you're doing pulling things out and, and moving things out. So, um, so now wrap the ribs. They went in for like an, um, and I I don't like to wrap for a full hour. I usually do anywhere between thirty minutes to forty five minutes. I think to me that's the sweet spot where it doesn't get overcooked, and I definitely didn't want them super soft and you know falling apart. Um, so I took them back out, put them back on, and the way I did this, the way I was planning to do this was I had. Half nine, uh, six, uh, eight racks were going to be barbecue sauce and eight racks were going to be dry rubbed because, you know, I like both. And so my plan was the first batch of ribs that I cooked would be my sauced ribs because those would have to go back on in the yeah. end and get the barbecue sauce. So what I said is I'm not going to sauce them when they're you know, at the end of their cook cycle, I'm just going to leave them wrapped. 
I'm sorry, I'm going to take them out unwrapped. I'm going to put them in the warmer and I'm just going to let them sit in my Caterade while the second batch of ribs cook, right? So the Caterade was holding on to those guys. The second batch of ribs went on and this is where my first disaster came through. Crisis averted, but when you're big tip, when you're cooking that much food, you have got to be on top of your rack cleaning and on top of your your scraping, you know, cleaning out the the extra grease and stuff out of the bottom. Because I had a grease fire that kicked in and that bad boy. And I essentially it got to be so bad that I pulled out the bottom two racks out of the smoker and had to set those aside, shut everything down. Um, so until I got that thing to uh die out and then what i noticed was there was just just a huge buildup on the diffuser plate so i grabbed my little scraper scraped all of that off um scraped out the bottom uh you know i had closed off the vent so there was no more air coming in so i was able to clean that up take a rag and just wipe out any grease drippings that i was seeing um you know along the sides and stuff like that put the racks back in now part of the reason that fire happened was the charcoal shoot and this is you know you have to if you go down the gravity smoker uh uh world one thing you have to do and no matter what i've tried this with lump charcoal large lump charcoal i've tried it with small lump charcoal i've tried it with briquettes natural briquettes of course i don't want the chemical stuff and inevitably you're gonna have a smoke where the charcoal just wedges wedges itself in the chute so you have to, and I just take a stick and just kind of either go up from underneath and just kind of poke at it till I hear it fall. Or I just, you know, sometimes I can just hit it from the top and, and it'll fall. Right. But either way, periodically it happens. And so I just have a habit of just making sure that, you know, I feel charcoal in the bottom uh, with a rod uh, through the bottom, or I just, you know, tap it from the top just to make sure it doesn't happen. So what, because what happened was because the chute wasn't, it got stuck, the, the fan realized that it wasn't keep maintaining heat. So the span, the fan kicked up to a hundred. And so when you have like the wood under, under the bottom that, and then you have some charcoal falling through, it just overly heated the bottom of the, of the, uh, the diffuser plate, because that's the first thing it hits. So that diffuser plate was super hot uh, because the fan was running so hard and was making so much heat, but it wasn't like, the rest of the smoker wasn't getting so hot because it wasn't enough to push through the smoker. So when that grease hit that thing and then that opened the chamber, it was like, whoosh, you know, it came up quick. So just a little, you know, thing to look out for. I was on top of it because, you know, I know these things can happen. So I just removed the bottom racks, got everything under control, cleaned it out, put the two back racks back in and everything was fine from there. Um, You know, two hours later, wrapped it now well, the one thing is because i was smoking the chicken and i had boneless chicken thighs that i was smoking what i did was i said when i wrap i'm just going to stack the top two shells with the racked with the wrapped ribs while i start cooking the chickens in the bottom two racks and that worked out flawlessly because i was able to get all the chickens done pretty much in one shot um for two trays of chicken thighs and then by the time the chicken was done, it was because you know, without the bone, it cooks super quick. Um, I was able to move those and then unwrap the ribs. And now um, 
put put the ribs back on for their final uh, cook process, which is, again, to give me a much better texture on the outside of the ribs. You know, hit a little bit more seasoning because this is a dry rub, so you get a nice bite. Took those off, uh, uh, put them in to rest, took the other ribs back out. Now it's time to sauce them, and I decided I was only going to sauce. So two things, I made a decision. When I'm cooking this many ribs, it to me, it doesn't really make much sense to butter both sides and brown sugar both sides. I, it just logistically, it just doesn't make any sense. So what I did was I put the butter and the seasoning on on the meaty side, put that face down in the ribs, and then and then wrapped it. I generally, if I'm making ribs for myself, I do do both sides, but it's not really a real reason to do both sides. It it really isn't um, from from my experience because they still tasted absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, I, you know, it wasn't anything that I noticed that I missed from doing both sides with the butter. Same thing uh, with the sauce. I went ahead, but, you know, I went ahead and put a light coating on the bottom, but then immediately put the bottom down on the rack. Um, and then I um, sauce the top, you know, pretty liberally. Now, one thing that I did was I did not put the ribs directly on my cook rack. I went and got one of my sheet pans and racked that because with that many ribs, the mess, <laughs> I didn't want a big mess in my smoker. Yeah. So it, it made more sense to tray them, sauce them on the, on the racks on inside the pans and inside the trays and then remove those out. And that, to me, was a smarter move. I didn't have a ton of cleanup afterwards. Didn't have a big, you know, sugary mess at the bottom, and that worked out great for me. Um, and I did. I do the same thing with chickens now too. When I'm barbecuing chickens, I get my racks, put the sauce on, and put them back in on a rack, uh, on a uh, pan in the rack, as opposed to directly on the grates on the smoker itself. That saves a lot of time in cleanup, and we all know. Cleaning the racks on smoker on on your smoker or your grills really does suck. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a we'll do another episode on cleaning and deep cleaning and stuff because of um, recently went through that again and it was like wow man this is a lot of work but it, you know a few couple of things I did to make it a little bit easier on myself so um, so yeah so all in all the the ribs came out perfectly uh, with the with the glaze the the sauce glaze and remember folks heat your sauce up first don't put cold sauce on the warm ribs or on hot ribs um secondly you definitely want it to sit don't just put sauce on ribs man put them back in the smoker the sauce picks up some smoke the tacks sauce up. the brown sugar tacks up and sets and so it's not messy you know it's just flavorful and good um so at this point now i've got 18 racks of ribs sitting upstairs on my counter i got my barbecue and tech butcher block thank goodness I have a barbecue and tech butcher block because that thing can just hold, you know, as many racks as I need to. I can, you know, I had like two racks at the same time. And then I was like looking through, so like making sure I'm picking the best bones um, out of the cuts, laying, you know, taking the ones that I like, eh, I don't like the way this one, you know, kind of overcooked a little bit so I could mix and match a little bit, stacked them inside of now I'm using my aluminum tray, stacked them in the aluminum tray, wrapped them, put them in the Caterade. And then I was, you know, very, very impressed and happy with my performance because literally walked out the door at 5 p.m. Got down there uh, to the location before the 
my uh, friend got there. So I beat them there. There was only two people there. They were just starting to set up, um, brought the food in, the caterade. I let it sit in the caterade while they were uh, finishing getting ready. They're like, oh, we should keep this thing. I was like, you're not keeping my caterade. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But I'm um, happy to let you guys, you know, I was not happy to wait for you guys to, you know, I was going to stick around anyway because there's a friend of mine uh, celebrating a, a awesome accomplishment for his wife. And, uh, and then, um, when it was time for the food to come out, everybody loved the ribs. Just absolutely loved them. People were just like, man, these are excellent. And I was, you know, extremely happy to hear that feedback. So all in all, you know, a massive, massive smoke. You know, last year I had the 90, you know, 100 pieces of chicken that I did. And then this time it was the, uh, 18 racks of ribs that uh, that I smoked, 16 that I delivered. Um, that was, you know, logistically possible because a I do have an awesome, awesome stump smoker, and the size of it allows me to do this. But b, you know, just sitting down with my boy here, my co-host, and uh, just planning everything out and just kind of really thinking through what I got to do in the process, when it needs to be done, and how logistically you can do that to get it out and and get a solid uh you know food out there yeah i know 18 racks of ribs would never happen on my little small smoker <laughs> i would be coming over to your house because i think i can get at max three racks on at any uh no i could probably get i think you can get five racks four. on oh no you have the top shelf too yeah so the top shelf that. but it's gonna be a very uneven cook going from top to right on top of the grate uh, you just move them around yeah yeah, yeah yeah I, I, but I think it's again, regardless whether you're smoking 18 racks, or you're smoking three racks. It's 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 overall the same general process that you have to go through to make your food good. It's just it's really about timing. So when you're, I think it at the heart of it for me, when it always comes down to it, when you're trying to plan a party, it's stepping your all your times back. And I think the biggest mistake we all make is that we want the food to be ready when people arrive, versus the food to be ready an hour or so before people arrive. And my job is to keep the food warm between right. the completion. And because no matter what you run into, you're going to run into something that doesn't work well. Like you did a big smoke and you're like, my chicken takes an hour unless it has a bone in it, which you right. didn't account for. And this means it takes two hours. <laughs> yeah, You're going you're gonna to run into something you didn't account for, whether it's you forgot that you were cooking this time with bone in or the charcoal is not dropping in your shoot or you lose temperature in your smoker and you have to recover Oh, if you have padding not in your working. time, yeah. yeah, all the padding you have in your time, like if you pad yourself two hours, you have time to recover from that. But when you plan that the food is going to be ready at six o'clock when guests are showing up and now you're an hour behind, like you're like, guests are going to be here and I got to tend to the smoking. So I, again, it's about back enough time. So I think, yeah, us sitting down with each other, one, trying to price out the the cost of all the meat you're buying and making sure that uh that works well um all the way to uh what Timing, time you gotta leave logistics. how long you gotta drive what the traffic's and, gonna be like so that and, you can get the delivery and the thing is that doing the chickens last year really informed this year right because last year what did what i didn't account for i didn't account for the time to actually take the chickens in and out Right. I yeah. was just like, this is my cook time. This will be, this will be ready. And like, oh yeah, add an extra 30, 40 minutes for moving the chicken around and putting it, taking it in, taking it out, saucing it all, doing, you know, reseasoning it and all of that stuff, flipping them, 
You know what I mean? All of that takes time that I did not account for in my setup last time. So I already knew out the gate to account for that stuff, which worked out really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. We all, like I say, we all make, there's minor mistakes we make, but the goal is that each one of us either learn from our own mistakes, but hopefully learn from the mistakes of others so we don't repeat them. But uh, yeah, thanks for taking us on the journey with you for your 18 racks of ribs. I'm sure there'll be other many massive smokes that you'll have in the in the future. I'm going to have to get myself into a bigger smoker and I'm excited when we do our first one on this offset because I'm really yeah. wondering what the experience is like. I, I will say my desire for a mill scale has gone down dramatically after we talked to Kevin. He's like, uh, you put wood on every hour. I was like, yeah, it's not my style. <laughs> Gravity <laughs> fed might be where I'm going. <laughs> we will see, but I, I still want to, nonetheless, I do want to give it the stick burner. Oh, a I, yeah, know, I've, I've finally gotten all these little things done. That I wanted to get done. So now I can focus on firing up this bad boy and uh, getting this offset rolling. So I'm really excited to use this thing. All right. And this is the old country Brazo, if I remember correctly, we have yeah. now that we're yeah. going to be testing out, which I've yeah. heard a lot about with uh, a lot of the professional barbecue people. So let's give it our run and see what we think of it, man. Yeah, no doubt. All right, All folks. Right. Uh, thank you so much for bearing with us. Uh, you know, we had the Thanksgiving and the reason why we didn't do a Thanksgiving episode this year yet is because Rod and I did not do Thanksgiving together this year um, yet. So we are going to do a post-Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving get-together. And for that, we'll record an episode where we plan like a shortened menu. So everything has always been like the full-out menu. This time we'll do where we plan the shortened menu. We just haven't picked a date that we want to uh, that we're going to sit down and eat together yet. So um, our families just love getting together. So we're going to, even though we didn't do the actual Thanksgiving together, we are going to make this happen. And then I'll talk about the turkey that I smoked this year on that episode. So there we go. Um, awesome. You, all right, folks, we love you. Uh, we'll see you soon. Take Peace. We out. Peace. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns